0: Hey guys, and welcome to Season 4 of the Ask People Podcast. I'm your host, Savya Rox, and in this season, we get to remember and reminisce back in time with some of our guests like...
1: We We are are Entity, and you're listening to The Us
0: People Podcast
1: with Savia Rocks Peace, my name is Oni, I'm a producer engineer from Queens, New York Hi, my name is James Green, I'm a TV presenter, sports reporter and journalist Hi, this is Joy Langley, and I'm the author of Navigating Stress Hey, this is Travis Glossop, I am a creative radio producer for Kiss FM, and you're listening to the Us People Podcast with Savia Rocks.
0: We highlight the strengths of our cultures, talking about diversity and inclusion, and Speaking out loud and proud about who we are. Wasn't it that good? I was I was determined I had a love for the sport and that always fueled me at 49 I was seven
1: seven years post-divorce after 22 years and three kids of a marriage and so I knew that I needed to figure out like what was happening for me and why was this so such a severe sort of uh, crack in my identity and how I showed up in the world it's great it's great Uh, I'm because I didn't I'll be honest I didn't really work that hard at uni so it was good to leave uni and and really like get on it you know really like because I also as a person I think I value I value productivity a lot of people live to work I think I am one of the work to live guys but because my work is amazing that's all right with me you know so as
0: a person I, I go to bed happy when I've had a productive day we've also saved the best till last by honoring another artist and showcasing their talent as our new theme song with none other than your host Savia Rocks featuring in their song so guys enjoy stay creative and as always please continue to be kind to one another let's go
1: What's happening, people? It's Jordan Jar Bryan here, sports broadcaster, and you're listening to the Us People podcast with Savio Rocks. Oh, peace of mind, peace of mind. Gotta keep my energy and peace of mind. I protect my energy and peace
0: of mind. Gotta keep my energy and peace of mind. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savya Rocks, and today I'm humbled to have Jordan here with me. Jordan is a TV sports reporter, presenter, mentor, a former professional wheelchair basketball player. He's also, well, he was a DJ for at least a good 10 years. He's got so much experience under his belt. Jordan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. How are you?
1: I'm very well. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm very, very glad to be here.
0: You're most welcome. So I'm going to jump. He's got a big smile on his face. I love this. I love this when guests have a big smile on their face. (laughs) So I'm going to jump into my first question for you, Jordan, Mm -hmm. which is simply, could you tell us a little bit about who you are as a person, where you grew up, and how that influenced you to be the person who you are today.
1: Okay, straight in, I love it. Um, so who am I? I am, and obviously others may disagree or have their own views on this, but I will tell you what I think I am. I am a, I'm a young man from, from London who is very nice polite generous one in six of my jokes are funny um i'm vaguely smart and intelligent um uh who believes in uh creativity and the power of journalism and words that's that's my job and i'm i'm just a generally cool dude um i'm from born and raised in south london so I was born in Brixton I grew up in Brixton but moved um, very early to further south to an area called West Dulwich okay. where I lived with my mum yeah and um, my mum was the biggest influence on on who I am now so I often think to myself my mother is the man is the reason I am, the man that I am now is because of my mum. My dad is the man that I seek to be. Uh-huh. So, what I mean by that is all of the kind of, if you like, fantastic and great things about me and all the successful things that I've managed to achieve, I think that is down to the upbringing of my mother. I, I would give the credit to my mother in that sense. All the, you know, I'm respectful, I'm polite, I'm hardworking, I'm ambitious and i'm very sociable all of those fantastic things are because of my mother but my father is the man that i, I look to emulate he's yes. the man that um he's my hero he's the guy that i seek to be do you know what i mean in that yeah. sense so a combination of the of my mum and dad um who i'm both very close to make up the person that i am i am now and I, yeah south london was was, where I was born and raised and went to school um school was good you know, I, I didn't have any kind of overtly extraordinary experiences in not well, definitely not in primary school. Um, had a fairly normal primary school. Um, secondary school, um, I went to a school in Camberwell.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That was not, not a very good school. It's called Archbishop Michael Ramsey, big up all the Ramsey crew. Um <laughs> it, it, and it's funny because I was I was just about to say it wasn't the best school in, in South London, and and it technically wasn't. But I I've, I often feel now, having looked back at my time at school and how well slash poorly I did at school, just... Yeah. It's hard to blame a school for your failures. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. there's a level of self-responsibility that I think has to be applied, even at that age, to young boys and girls, in determining how well or poorly you do. So while I can blame the fact that I went to a school where it wasn't uncommon for boys to be throwing tables, not chairs, tables across the room at each other, fighting with teachers. You know, lots of my friends were regularly excluded. We you know, we were we were on the bottom rung of the A-level. Sorry, GCSE success charts. And there were often fights outside my school from other rival schools. It was, there were knives and all kinds of things. The last day of my school, the very last day of my school, <laughs> I remember we had helicopters, police helicopters, <laughs> circling wow. circling our school because it was going to kick off to us and another school. But whilst all of that is a reality that was true, and obviously is not going to enhance positive learning i don't think it was an excuse because there were people in my class in my year who were nowhere near as smart as me who came out with 10 times better grades than me so they did okay (laughs) do you know what i mean so uh, school can only be blamed to some degree so i didn't do well at school but i won't put that all on the school itself um went to college um did a couple of years there um didn't love it and i realized that education further education wasn't really for me yeah. I knew very early on that the classroom setting wasn't really the best and wasn't conducive to to me learning. I knew that I'm, I'm much more of a doer, so I knew from early, even at school, I knew university wouldn't be happening because I knew if I went to university, I'd either have seventeen kids by now, a drug <laughs> a drug problem by now, seventeen. And- And I'd be, and I'd just be like a million pounds in debt. So I knew that that environment, I get distracted very easily. I just thought, no, the girls, the music, the partying, the the not being at home. It's not. I just know it's not for you. Don't, don't even, don't lie to yourself, Jordan. It's not for you. Um. So, I knew from early that I was going to college. But I thought, when I finish college, I want want to start working. And when I was at college, I. I heard about a magazine that was looking for young writers. So even going back to school, sorry, if I go back a step, even at school, I knew that I loved writing. Mm. Writing English was the only class, apart from probably music and PE, that I genuinely enjoyed. And I knew that I enjoyed it because at English, when all my core cool friends were bunking um, for off-English class, I was there 10 minutes before in front of the queue, ready to get in, ready to get in the classroom. So I knew this was this was for me. Um so I knew I wanted to be a writer against journalism. I met this magazine in Brixton that were looking for young writers. It was a youth publication called Live that was published for young people, by young people, about youth culture. My mom's for an advert. I got in touch. They said, "Yep, yeah, do a couple of articles. I wrote a few articles. Six months later, I became the editor of the magazine. So I'm now 14 going on 15 at this time. And so that was my, the start of my love affair with, with journalism. And although I knew that I love sport and I love journalism, that was the first time that I really felt like I had a direction in my life, right? Journalism, this is what I want to do. And so a combination of playing wheelchair basketball, as you mentioned. Yeah. Ed- editing this magazine, partying. Cause at that time, I kind of get to 17, 18 You start partying, Girls get involved. <laughs> you start getting involved in that world, and you know what I mean. All those things kind of happen at, at that time. That that was a very interesting time in my life. But the 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 one consistent thing that i knew that was was important to me i knew i wanted to see through was i wanted to be a, a writer i wanted to be a journalist i wanted to be involved in media and that's a very condensed uh way of of telling you about my upbringing
0: <laughs> no it's a good way you 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 simplified it but then you also detailed it at the same time
1: and, which... and there's, a, there's a lot more detail i can offer but i don't want to bore you or your listeners no 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 you <laughs> wouldn't bore much.
0: anyone listen that's the whole point the the more you tell the more people will understand who you are so, so to me, it's a beautiful thing.
1: and oh, I, I loved it. That that time for me was very was was a good time. I, you know, I'm lucky that I have good friends now that I was friends with back then. Um, and I was doing a lot of things. I've always been very busy. I've always been very active. I've always been very curious. So, doing multiple things for me was. Um, was was something that played to my strengths. So as I mentioned, as well as editing this youth magazine Mm -hmm. um, pretty much full time, I went back to college. I dropped out of college. I didn't do very well. But the magazine organizers said to me, we're only going to keep you on here, this magazine, if you pair up your work here with going back to do your ASs. So I did that. I was also, I just started playing wheelchair basketball a couple of years earlier on. I got into the GB team, uh, Great Britain team, uh, the junior team at quite a young age. So I was traveling all over Europe um, doing that. You know, wheelchair basketball was a massive part of my life then as well. So I was very, very busy. I was very, very busy at that time. And yeah, like, like I said, me being busy, Is how I work best. I work best, but I'm kept out of trouble, active, and have um, lots of plates to juggle. So so it was was a good time for me. My my, my teenage.
0: I know you've defined yourself as a person, but who do you see when you look in the mirror
1: every day? Ooh, I see a good man. I see a good man. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. uh, That might sound a little bit um, uh, a bit arrogant. But I, I believe that I'm a good man. I can look in the mirror and I know that I'm Jordan Jarrett Bryan. Mm-hmm. I I have morals and values. I treat people with respect. I'm very polite. I'm I work harder than most people I know, and not that it's the work hard Olympics. I don't think you're less of a person if you don't work as hard as me. But I know that I'm a, everything I do. I work very hard at. Yeah. Um, I have good intentions. I, I don't. I don't look in the mirror and think, you know, what bad I can do, what pain I can inflict. I, I have good intentions. Um, I think I'm a good brother. I think it's funny because every birthday and New Year's Eve. I'm not religious, so I wouldn't necessarily call it a prayer. But I always, uh, just before I go to bed, just before my birthday, and just before the start of a new year, I always just sit on my bed. Done this since I was about. I don't know, about 15, 16. I sit on my bed and just for like five every 10 minutes, I talk to myself. Now, I talk to myself a lot anyway. I live alone and I just I'm always talking. If there were cameras in my <laughs> flat, people would be like, whoa, this is a really weird science experiment. We could, we could, we could play on this guy here. What is going on? I talk to myself a lot. Um, but I, I sit on the bed and I, I talk to my, I talk to myself. And what I say to myself is, okay, I reflect on the year that's just gone by, mm-hmm. whether it's my birth year, 12 months, or if it's the calendar year. And I think about what I've done, the, the good things I've achieved, you know, the highs and the the, the, the the good points of the year. I look back on the the bad points, what I failed on, what I didn't do as good as I could have done. Um, what are the things that I let myself down on or other people? And then I look forward. So I kind of talk to myself and talk about, okay, so next year, these are the goals. And one of the things I say to myself always is, this, 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 this is the one consistent every time I do this. How can I be a better a brother? Mm-hmm. How can I be a better son? How can I be a better friend with my black academic team? How can I be a better leader, a better neighbor, a Channel 4 News and TalkSport, a better colleague? How can I be a better of all these things with the 12 months that are coming up? And going back to your question, when I look in the mirror, what do I see? I see someone that is very aware of my flaws don't get me wrong and i'm sure at some point during this interview i will happily blow my own trumpet i know things that i'm <laughs> great at don't get it twisted i know the things that i'm phenomenal at and i will happily tell you and anybody will listen but i also have the humility the humility to understand and recognize my flaws mm-hmm. and the things that i'm not very good at and that's why i'm very very confident and maybe i'm maybe i'm arrogant but it's not in a malicious way because I can equally tell you for an hour all the things I need to work on. And that's part of kind of the process of when I think of myself and I look at myself and to your question, I see someone that is very competent and very good at many, many things, but someone that recognizes their flaws, their faults, and always is seeking to, to do better, even small incremental things. Yeah. So just an example. I noticed about a year and a half ago that I was only contacting certain people when I needed something. So I was only okay. messaging them. My brother's a good example of this. And I've he doesn't, he might not know this, he might hear this, he might not know this, but it's something I'm I'm working on being better at. It's only messaging someone when you need something. Can you help me with this? Can you send me that? Do, do you have this? And whilst I think that people in your life who are your friends and your loved ones, that's part of the deal, right? If we're friends, I'm gonna need some stuff from you. I'm gonna need you to help me on something. Cool. When it gets to the point where even you're noticing you're only asking them for things that benefit you, that then doesn't become a brotherhood or a friendship, that then you're dependent on them and you're relying on them to just serve your needs. Yeah. How about calling people? And it was exacerbated more during the pandemic last year. How about calling someone just to say, hey, hasn't got to be a long half an hour, hour call. No, it hasn't got to be a deep call. Just how you doing? Are you okay? Are you well? chat about anything how's work how you feeling all right cool wicked just checking in on people so part of my process of trying to be a better person and this all comes with when i look in the mirror again to your question is how can i be better and one of the things that i've realized in me is how can you be a better friend and a better brother a better son and part of that is how can you serve them Yes. How can you serve other people? And it might, have less, it might have been anything physical or tangible. It might just be, I'm, I'm a very good listener. I'm a very good listener, I think. Maybe just hear what they want to say. Maybe ask them, do they need anything? Can I help you in any way? And that is part of the kind of, I think, growing process of moving forward, of being a better Jordan.
0: I like that. I like the way you broke that down. That made sense to me. But have you actually realized now, what have you done or what have you changed, Jordan? What have you changed now? Knowing that you know that element of... You used to call people only when you want something. For instance. How have you changed the element of that now? Do you call people more now? Do you check on them more? Do you say, hey how are you, how are you doing, how are things? And then don't talk to them for maybe like a couple of days and then do you then ask them for something or?
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I still need my, I still have my needs, <laughs> but I'm mixed up now with just some more now. I'm joking, I'm joking. So I, I do speak to them more. I do reach out to them more. And as, as I mentioned, last year was a was a growth year for me because yeah. I was noticing very quickly, I'm quite mentally strong. I think I think I'm quite mentally strong but I was noticing when the pandemic first first hit so many people around me I I could see were really really struggling now it might have been because they might have lost a loved one during the pandemic it might have been because they lost their job or it might have been a third reason it might have just been the idea of being stuck in their home for days on end they they found hard and the spectrums of that are some people live on their own and if you're the kind of person that is good with people being on your own for days and weeks on end Mm. for those guys was very very hard but on the opposite end of the spectrum, some people live in small houses with five, six people. That's true. So if you've got three or four brothers, a mum and dad, and maybe aunties there as well, you're being drowned. So maybe it's the opposite problem whereby you just don't get any time to yourself or no space to yourself. And I noticed a lot of people were really struggling with getting through that period and friends of mine, and it made me think, okay, right, the world's pretty much stopping for a while. Yeah. We have a chance now to recalibrate and reset. Reach out to some of these people, Jordan, and just pick up the phone and say, hey, no, no work's happening right now. So that you, you don't need anything. So how about you park your ego and your needs and ask someone, how are you doing? I'm quite strong, so I'm okay. People reach out to me as well, but I'm I'm okay. But you know what I did? Savia, so yeah, I went through my phone book and I picked up the people that I hadn't spoken to for a long time. Yeah. And I just just I just pressed call. Not not WhatsApp, not text. I called them and I said, how you doing are you okay some of those calls were literally five minutes just checking in fine some of those calls were two hours the the length didn't matter what mattered is is that i felt like i was serving them in some way not serving my needs so it, it was it was it was very difficult for a lot of people and I just wanted to try and help people but I'm not a psychologist I'm not a doctor I'm, I'm not anyone qualified or, or, or an expert but I don't think you have to be to be just a good friend yeah. or a good colleague and reach out um sorry I've forgotten um your, your, your question but I was kind of I was getting to the answer via that example sorry what, what was the question again remind me of the question sorry
0: well you made me forget <laughs> too now
1: because <laughs> <laughs> i was going somewhere and as i always do i lost my thread and i was like okay now answer her question jordan i think it was a
0: spontaneous um, question because you said something to me and i just responded back to okay for instance no the question was do you call people now say for instance
1: do you call that, that them it.
0: and then afterwards do you wait a couple of days and then ask for something or do you call yeah, them so and then
1: <laughs> so, for, so yeah so that was to make the point that I do now call people more I try to whatsapp a little bit less I'm, a, I'm slowly weaning off whatsapp I don't like what whatsapp does a lot of the time but that's a different discussion but I do call people more but I, I still if I need something from something my brother I mentioned again is a massive part of my life he's the most important part mm-hmm. most important person in my life I love my brother dearly um, He's highly talented, highly skilled, and often helps me out with many, many, even technical things. So like just before we start recording, I was going to text him to find out what's happened with the microphone. And he, he, he helps me out so much. Yeah, he helps me out so much. But even he was like, Jordan, half the things that you ask me to do, you could Google or you could just read the thing on the computer and you can work it out yourself. And it was just me being lazy. Sometimes, let let, let me be clear, some of the the things were just, they needed someone that had the kind of wiring of brain that he has to kind of work them out, totally. But I'm going to be honest, some of them are just me being lazy. Some of them are just me being really, really lazy. Um, He's like, Jordan, you can do this (laughs) yourself sometimes. Anyway, the point I'm making is that he was probably the person I recognized the most. I was texting and calling the most Mm -hmm. to serve me you know Zori can you can you send me a link to watch this film Zori can you help me fix this on my computer Zori can you help me set up this this uh microphone stand whatever it may be and cuz he's so generous and kind 9.5 times out of 10 he will always do it yeah. but what it made me realize is Jordan you're only calling this is your brother and it's the brother that you say you love more than anybody else but yeah the only time you reach out to him it's to, is to, is to fix something for you or help you with something. And a couple of years ago, I clocked it with him. And I said to him, let's go cinema. Let's just go cinema. It's on me. And we went to cinema. Another time, let's go for some food. And we went to the comedy club. Yeah. Just because that's my brother. I like spending time with him. There was no motive to help me. It was just, I want to spend time with you. What are you doing on Friday? Let's go comedy club. And we went. And I think as long as I've realized that you balance the the time that serves both of you yes. with the occasional request. He, he, he has no problem with me asking him problems. And he might not say that he found it problematic, but I did. Because I was noticing, if I go for my WhatsApp trail, nine times out of 10, it's me asking him for something. And I just thought, that's not cool. That is not cool. So bringing widen that, widening that out to more of my friends and family. In answer to your question, yes, I still ask. I still have requests because we do. If you need something, you ask your friends and your family. There's nothing wrong with asking people for something. Yeah. It's just it's a problem when it becomes that's all you're asking now. That's all you're calling me for. And I just thought I didn't like how that made me feel. Even if even if they weren't feeling away, I felt away. It's like no, Jordan, that's not. That's just not cool.
0: No, I understand that. That makes total sense to me. Jordan, was there ever a point in your life where you felt like you wanted to give up because you had lack of funds or you felt like you... You seem like you have a good family who support you, but did you ever... I know sometimes you can have all the family in the world and you can have all the friends in the world, but there. sometimes we have highs and we have lows as individuals, but was there ever a point in your life... Where while you were on your journey, you felt like giving up because you felt stuck or stagnant in what you were doing. What did you do to uplift yourself, to push yourself and say, you know what, this is just a moment in time that will change?
1: I don't think I ever did, you feel a time where I wanted to give up. I think everything that I've wanted... Has been always rooted in the in in my value and my 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 um I suppose uh, characteristic mm-hmm. of of work ethic and working hard. Yeah. So I never ever thought about giving up because my family couldn't get me this thing. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. I've got two fantastic parents that that split up when I was young, but are both you know, prominent parts of my life. I have now uh, two grandmothers, both my granddads have passed. I have cousins, aunties, uncles. I, I have a brilliant family now, both sides of my family. There's a whole heap of drama going on both sides, but that's just, I don't know anybody. I think that think that's you know every what I mean? so, family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But none of that is linked or involving me. So yes. I, have, I my, my links with my family are all fine. I think everything that I ever wanted, and if I ever did feel, get close to feeling like I wanted to give up... I didn't because, again, I think I've been rooted in the ideals of just work hard and you'll get what you want. My family aren't rich. My mom's not rich. My dad's not rich. They're not poor, but they're far from rich. But I just recognized from very early anything that you want, Jordan, you know, you're going to have to just graft for it. And even if there's things that you're not necessarily like, I'm talented at a lot of things, but there's things that I'm not talented at, which you have to make up for with a plan and with a work ethic. And more often than not, those um those things that I wanted, I got, not because it was given to me, but it was yes. given. I just had the mindset of if you want it, Jordan, you could give up if you want, but if you if you really want it that badly, you won't give up and you'll find a way. I'm very big on find a way. Do you know what I mean? If you can't, yeah. if, you, if you don't have a rich mummy and daddy, cool. You've got to find a way. Get it yourself. Go to school. Go to college. Get the qualifications. Get the work experience. Speak to the right people. Knock on doors. Research on, on Google. Whatever it takes, find a way to get it done. And there's not many things in my life that I've wanted, but the handful or so of things that I ever have wanted, mm. more times than not, I've got because I've been good enough and I've grafted.
0: See?
1: So I don't think giving up was ever it was ever really. It's not really something I believe in.
0: I think a lot of the time people, I find that it's better when you don't have very much because mm-hmm. it teaches you about grafting. Mm-hmm. It makes you a better business person also and it mm-hmm. teaches you how to look after, like you were saying before, look after your team. Treat your mm-hmm. team how you would like to be treated. Don't mm-hmm. just treat your team like anything just because. I was told, I was working in I was working in Warner Music and the lady said to me, the head in there, she said to me, treat your team like family but i don't mean family that have drama i mean family where you look after them if you look after your team your team won't leave your team will Mm -hmm. always stay there and do anything for you because they they have that honor towards you and i think that's so important i think that's so important
1: I, i think so too um and I, I think you, you, you know they they say treat people on the way up um, because they're the same people you're gonna meet on the way down. Yes. And I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I treat people well anyway because I'm just a nice person. But even if I wasn't a nice person, you better pretend to be nice to those people because those are the same people that you're gonna meet on the way down. So you better, you know what I mean. <laughs> so um, no, I, I I think treating people well is um is 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 a must.
0: That's definitely. Here's one for you. I know that you used to DJ. I'm sure that you still dabble every now and again
1: Every now and again
0: Every now and again So this question is actually quite difficult But you might just come You might surprise me and say No, I've got it in my head
1: Go on, go on, go on
0: If you could choose one song That was the soundtrack of your life What song would you choose And why would you choose that song?
1: Wow, that's a great question That's a hard question um, I so I could sit here and think for the next five or so minutes and really come up with probably a better uh, song choice, but for, for not having five minutes of dead silence on your podcast, I'll give you the one <laughs> that came. To, I'll give you the one that came to my mind straight away. Um, it's a drum and bass song, and Ooh. it's called Carnival, and it's by a an artist called DJ Pachif. One of my favorite DJs. It's a it's it's um it's a song. Granted, it's, my dad's a DJ and and owns a record label, and ah. it's a song that's on his record label. It's one of my favorite songs. Forget drum and bass songs. Just it's a beautiful song. The, the lyrics are all in Portuguese, but it's a song that ah oh, I've got two. Can I, can I have two? Can ooh, I? Oh,
0: that's cheating. <laughs> See, I knew it. See, I knew it. I knew there wouldn't there wasn't going to be just one you DJ you listen to so much <sighs> music I knew it ha. okay right go i know, on. You got I'll me. let you, you have got to me. i'll let you have to go
1: and the first one, Carnival, I thought of because it encompasses all the things I love about music. There's a, there's a really nice, groovy bass line to it. The beat is really, um, it's got a really good drum and bass beat to it. The, the lyrics, although in Portuguese, I have no idea what they're saying, <laughs> Really is really soothing and just kind of draw me in. The melodies, it's just a beautiful song that makes me think of joy, happiness, fun, and just living life. Just Living Life, it's a really beautiful track. I recommend anybody listening to this, go check it out. It's a lovely song, Carnival by Pacheef. And then the other one is by my favorite artist of all time, Marvin Gaye. So I've got all, I think I counted recently, I've got all 37 albums of his. That's including live and uh, live albums, extended albums. I've got all of them. Um there's a song. Oh, there's so many. Every week I change it, but I'll go with this one. Oh, what's it called? Have you seen the film Baby Boy? Yes. Right. Which by the way, I think has the best soundtrack of any film ever. Um there's a there's a tune. There's a tune, okay, um, where the stepdad, oh man, you were my wife, my life, my shining light. For you, today. I'm not the. F- what's it called? I can't explain. Other things, all that it is too. i will replace it all just for one night with you. Oh, darling, honey, what's it called? What's it called? That's gonna bug you now. It's gonna bug me. Um, anyway, that song is a is one of the four or five Marvin Gaye songs that I just I'm obsessed with. It's a beautiful song sung much better, clearly, than I sung it, and he <laughs> he knows the words, which is a good start as well. Um, <laughs> but it's a beautiful song, and Marvin Gaye is one of the artists that the thing I love about Marvin Gaye he's one of the few artists that has a discography of tracks and a catalogue of tracks. That I can apply to all of my moods. So there's thinking music, there's dancing music, there's horizontal dancing music, there's um, studying music, there's 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 tracks that get me in the mood before a game. <laughs> there's um, working music. There's there's a track that makes me gets me in the zone for all types of moods. And that track, oh God, that's going to annoy me now. That's going to really annoy me. Um, uh that's gonna annoy me. Hold on, where's, anyway, our, where's
0: our phones? Hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: Right. So I'll try and find it as well. I'll keep talking as I try and look. Um but it's just I just think he's an a I think he's the greatest male vocalist of all time. The range, the control of his voice, what he does with his voice. Um I just think is is just phenomenal. It's I could do the album, that would that help. Um and that track just makes me it it just makes me so happy, so so happy. I'm gonna find it as I'm talking right now, and it just makes it. It sums up my life because I like to think a lot. My just my problem to keep is, you
0: satisfied. I,
1: uh, that might be it. Yes, let me just. Um, you can't play music on your thing, can you? Because you get in trouble. Um, <laughs> oh, no 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 no. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I will find it. That might well be it. It's just it, to make you satisfied. Yeah, that,
0: just to keep you satisfied.
1: That's the one. See, that's the one. That's a good beautiful. Beautiful, exactly. Beautiful orchestral um, intro. Um, it's, it's got it's got no beat. It's got great. Uh, it's just a it's just a great track. Really beautiful track. Um, and again, I advise people to check it out. And that would be the track that I would want. This is really grim. This is gonna be really really grim. <laughs> but I've actually got my funeral playlist so i've got my I've got a wedding playlist and i've got a funeral playlist wow. so i've got a playlist that i want when I, when i when i pass and my funeral was it, it comes i've got the playlist that i want played when i'm um, when i'm when i'm laid to rest and that is that's a it's a beautiful song that i think is a good start of life song and a good end of life song and that would be the song that i would probably have to summarize my my, my life that's
0: a good question to ask everyone actually when you die what would be the what would be your song?
1: And That's I a very think, grim question to ask me first. I'm, I'm I'm a weird person. It so I wouldn't put anybody else. But. Hey,
0: hey, I like weird people cuz they're authentic. So it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> so, what are you most curious about in life right now? What makes you curious that mm. you want to go and achieve it or do it or not do it? What is it about life that you are curious about?
1: Another really good question. You're on fire. What makes me curious? Ah, I know. Seeing the fulfillment of potential. I love that. One of my biggest bugbearers, and this I think applies in everyday life. This applies in sport and football. This applies in the workplace. This applies in everything. Mm. I really hate it when people don't fulfill their potential. Now, everyone's potential is different. So if you are a a seven, let's just use football as an example. Mm-hmm. It annoys me when people praise footballers for being for being good, good players, yes. when I know that guy could be very good. So he's a six, sorry, he's an eight, but he's operating at a six, and he gets, he gets praised for that. It's like, no, no. For any football <laughs> fans in this country, they'll know a player that now plays for Real Madrid was at Chelsea, Eden Hazard. Sorry, I'm off on yes. one here. Um, Eden Hazard, mm-hmm. He got he's a phenomenal world-class player. Eden Hazard, for me, should be one of the one of the top five players in the world. And and he's not. And although he's, he's, he's held in high esteem, his potential for me, he, he should be in the eight bracket, but he's operating Ooh. at a six or a seven. And I think, and I see other friends of mine in their jobs or in their lives operating one, two levels below what I know they can achieve. If you're a six, that's fine. Being a six is fine. But then hit six, don't hit four. If you're an eight, Don't give me seven. Give me. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm curious about the process.
0: It might just be having an off
1: day. No, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about people that I've watched over a a sustained (laughs) period of time. I'm I'm trying to give them a chance. (laughs) 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 No, no, no! I'm saying, nah, I've seen you, this this person or that person, over a sustained period, and you are working or you are operating at two levels below what you could. Mm. You could paint that. You could do better paintings. You could uh, write better songs. You could, you. Whether you do or not is up to you. But I, I know you can do better. If you are a six and you're giving me a six, I'm like. You've hit your potential. Mm-hmm. Six to some people out of ten is low. But if you only had six, to, let me give you an example. Um, I'm the worst drawer and I can't draw. It's shocking how bad. Like you, you, it's bad. It's really bad how bad a drawer I am. I can't draw a person. It's embarrassing. My level's probably a three. Okay. And that's being and that's being kind. If I give up if I draw something, just to draw an, an abstract picture and i I hand it to you and you're like this is awful this is absolutely you're a grown man this is awful jordan (laughs) but you but but saying that you know in your heart of hearts that that is the best i could have done you would take it and I will take true. it. That's true. Because that's my potential. My potential was a three out of ten. I've given you a three. Now, the guy that can, the guy that can bloody get paintings in museums and get, sell them for millions of pounds, that's, that's, my stuff is, is rubbish. Of course it's rubbish. But we're operating at two different potential levels. So I've hit my potential, which is a three. His is a nine. He's hitting nines. So I'm interested in the the process of people's potential. I really want to see people hitting their potential. And again, for different people, it'll be different numbers. It'll be different levels. Your number. Just do the best that you you can do at this thing. Don't compare yourself to him. Um, I'm really interested in... St- that's what really keeps me curious. is the kind of watching people. Who's doing the... Who's, do, who's kind of... Who's cruising? And who's really hitting yeah. hard every single day?
0: But then this is what leads me on to my next question for you, Jordan. Mm. So do you feel like education is enough to get you where you need to know... To go, sorry. Or do you feel like you... Your talent is enough to get you where you need to go? Or do you feel like you need a combination of the two to be able to strive to get to where you need to go? What are your views on talent, education, both?
1: I think I think that of the, on their own, neither of those two things will get you where you need to go. There's nobody... And, and and going back to my earlier answer, it, it, even if it gets you far, it won't get you to your potential. So you could be the have the most grades, the highest, most A levels, most degrees, doctorates, whatever. That alone will only get you so far. Equally, talent. Again, my my area is sport. I don't care how talented you are. That will only get you again so far. The two other things that I think are needed, which I think will apply to any successful person in any industry, education talent and ability. The other two things are a work ethic. Yes. And and again, sticking with my industry's, you know, sport. There's many, many people, again, I'm gonna bore half the listeners here who aren't into football, but Frank Lampard is a Chelsea, is the Chelsea manager, former Chelsea player. Frank Lampard was not the most talented football player in the England team. Yeah. But Frank Lampard worked and grafted and worked and grafted and honed his skills to become one of the best players England's ever produced. And you could apply that to, I'm sure, any other industry. He didn't, talent-wise, there were many people better than him in terms of raw talent. Yeah. But what Frank Lampard did was he recognized, okay, I'm not the most talented boy here in the, in the team, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stay behind an hour later after training. I'm going to arrive an hour earlier. And the time that we're all in training, I'm going to apply myself and focus more than everybody else. So I think the, th- the third one is, is work ethic. And the fourth one, and a lot of people don't like hearing this, <laughs> but the fourth one I think is very, very important as well. It's luck. It's luck. Yes. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't show me any successful person. I don't care if you run a business, a corporation, not any billionaire or anybody. No one is successful without a slice of luck. Now, I'm a believer. I sit on the side of the fence, have you, that says I'm a big believer in making your own luck. Some people don't think that's true. You get it or you don't. I I I think I think there's no coincidence that, that, that 9.5 times out of 10, the people that are the luckiest in life are the people that work the hardest in life. That's if true. you work hard, you get the breaks. Now that might be an energy or a kind of space atmosphere type thing in the ether but I genuinely believe the people that work the hardest get the breaks you might not get them early you might not get them when you want to get them but if you keep your head down and you keep doing the right things keep disciplined and keep grafting mm-hmm. you will get the breaks it might be someone recommending something for you it might be people doing things for you I don't know what that, that, that break may be but you'll get a break so I think to be successful I think three of those four things are definitely essential um Talents, uh, luck, work ethic. Education is an interesting one. Education, I think, only applies in certain industries and certain jobs. Yes. I know lots of people in my industry, like my industry that aren't that intelligent, but they have a talent. And In fact, I'm probably an example of that. I don't have any qualifications to my name. None. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports reporter for a national news program in this country. Now, people can have their personal opinions on whether I'm good or not. That's fine. They may think I'm rubbish. That's fine. That's a personal opinion. You're allowed that. But what's what's not up for debate is that I am a reporter. I'm employed by one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sports radio station in the world, and one of the most respected and credible news programs in this country and in the world, Channel 4 News. So I got that. Not because I'm, I came out of Oxford or Cambridge with a bag of degrees. I did it because I had a talent. I worked bloody hard, very, very hard. And I had some breaks. I had some breaks and and that's where I am. So I don't think the education one is applicable as as a must. I think if you're going to go into law or medicine or engineering or social science, those ones, education is quite important. (laughs) Education is quite key. But I think more creative industries like ours, I don't think you need to have a degree. I don't think you need to have qualifications. I've never been asked. You know you know what the irony is? Mm-hmm. One of two jobs I got turned down for in my life was McDonald's. McDonald's, can you believe that? McDonald's, McDonald's Clapham Junction. They will take anybody. And that one's hood. The one in Clapham <laughs> Junction is proper hood. They'll take anyone. I was mildly offended for a while. I went in there with my brethren. We put in two application forms, oh. um, one, one each. He got a call back they get the job. I didn't even get a call back. Can you imagine that? McDonald's turned me down. So my point is intelligence doesn't necessarily in some industries equate as a as a as a, an integral or essential quality to be successful.
0: Wow. I'm just thinking about the McDonald's
1: now. I was pissed. Sorry, sorry. No, you can swear, me, it's fine. Oh, sorry. No, I was you- so upset. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's, you know. And like I said, this is the worst. Anyway, let me, let me. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. You sure? You're okay? I'm, I'm really not, but let's move on. Otherwise, I'm going to just be crying for the next hour or so. We don't want that. It's called okay. the podcasting.
0: Let's go. <laughs> what have you overcome, Jordan, that has changed your way of thinking and feeling about how you interact with people now? Has there been an obstacle in your life that has changed you? Because sometimes things have. Every, It's inevitable. Something happens to all of us at some point in life that will change us, good or bad. But what has changed you in the way that you interact with people now?
1: Good question. Um, So I would say... So I have, I was born, I'm disabled. I was born with a um, a tibular and fibula missing in my right leg. So I was born with a deformed foot. Um, I don't know why I'm doing the hand gestures because it's a podcast, but I can say it easier if I kind of, if I did talk to my hands. And so my right uh, foot wasn't fully formed when I came out of my mother. And so, when I I was I came out with three toes, and my right leg was underdeveloped. So when I was uh, eighteen months, a decision was taken, or my parents given the option of you can keep it as it is fine, and I'd have to have calipers and sticks to kind of get around, which some people do, it's no problem. Or we can amputate from the ankle down and remove the right foot and we can have prosthetic legs. So they all agreed that that was the best of the two options. Okay. So, I, And I say that there's a reason why I mentioned that. So I've, I've got, um, a pro, I have prosthetic legs. That over the years has instilled a level, I'm quite a harsh person. Anyone you speak to that knows me, I'm quite a harsh person. I'm very much, a, I'm big on accountability. I'm very big on responsibility. I'm very, I'm, I'm big on owning your actions and consequences that come with that. But I suppose in answer to your question, Having the experience of growing up with one leg, which at times, many times were very difficult for me, I think later on gave me the, the empathy to be able to put myself in other people's shoes. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a contradiction in what I'm saying there, because I'm saying on one side, I'm quite a harsh, hard person, but on the other side, I'm saying that I think my disability enabled me to have that kind of compassion to think to myself in certain situations, well, imagine what it must be like for her or imagine what it must be like for him yeah and so me growing up and being disabled i've never let i've never let anybody i don't talk about i don't hide it i but i don't promote it either so people listening to this podcast that will know me won't many many of them won't know because you can't i don't walk with a limp i don't you wouldn't know unless you google me or someone tells you yeah my disability has enabled me to have that level of compassion, and i, and I, I don 't always succeed with this sometimes i 'm still quite harsh and when I get home, I think myself, "Oh you know what jordan you was, was a little bit mm, he was a little bit hard there, man You went a bit hard on on so and so but generally, and it 's something again, going back to our first question it 's a person i 'm learning about how to be a better person, and part of that is about compassion. I listen to a show not a show is it what it's kind of a show. One of my favorite people in the world is from Pharrell Williams, um, for many, many reasons. But I saw an interview he did on this program I was watching just yesterday, actually, about the power of empathy. Yes. And, you know, how it's hard to relate to someone if you don't attempt to empathize with that person. And I think it's very, very true. We can all kind of point and say, you're wrong, you're bad, you're this, you're that. And don't get me wrong, at times, that's needed. I think at times it's important that we hold people accountable. I mean, make them know you've done wrong or you've said something bad or that is, I mean, we're recording this. The day after, you know, America, the, the Capitol Hill has been has been um, has been ambushed, and has been there's a coup happening in America right now. Yeah. And I think this, I think Donald Trump, as the outgoing president, has to be held accountable for his role in what's happening in America. But the point I make, so what I'm making is, I think there's a time and a place to point fingers, to cast blame, to cast responsibility, and to let people know that was bad, and you have to suffer a punishment for it. But I think there's also a time to think to yourself before we start pointing fingers, abusing, shouting, swearing, cursing at that person, maybe just think for a second why. I don't think people are born inherently bad. I don't believe that. They're taught. Exactly. So for me, it's a case of if my theory is correct that people are not born bad, well, why did he do that? Why did she do that? Why did they do that? There's a reason. Now, again, sometimes the reason... We have to park it and be like, no, you killed that person or you abused that person. Therefore, there is a linear punishment that comes with your actions that you have to face. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But I think at times there's a time to kind of maybe on a, on a wider scale think, okay, let me just for a second put my feet in their shoes and think to myself, why did they do that? And sometimes there might not not be an answer that reason. Sometimes there is. But again, it's a long-winded way of answering your question. But I think my disability has enabled me to um, have that level of empathy for some people and check myself sometimes in in how I treat people. And people often talk about, oh, you know, uh, well, I have to think to myself, if you, Jordan, if you didn't have a prosthetic leg and you had two good legs, inverted commas, would you be so interested and engaged in the the difficulties of disabled people with one leg? I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. In the same way, I'm not blind. So my interest in fighting and furthering the cause for blind people isn't as strong as it is for people with one leg. Because I can, do you know what I mean? But yeah. that has been the blind person's needs are less or more so than the person with one leg. But because I have that, direct correlation with the person with one leg i'm able to talk and stand up for and write about the person with one leg because i know what that feels like whereas if i took a second to think to myself what would it be like if i couldn't see i mean again without it's kind of crass to kind of play the 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 league table of disabilities what's worse than the other but i if not not being able to see i just think that must be something that I, i can't comprehend I can't comprehend that, but I don't have to. I, can, I have the luxury, if you like, of being able to forget about people who are blind because I'm getting on with my work over here. But if I was blind, you better damn know I would be fighting their causes. I'll be speaking up on their causes. So I, I think um, a level of empathy has been developed in me due to my disability. And there's probably other things as well, but that's probably the main thing that I can think of that has been a direct uh, light bulb moment to actually being a bit more considerate about other people.
0: What are you most proud of that you stand for as an
1: individual? Oh, manners. That's a good one. There's there's many, many things. I can name 10, 20 things here. Mm-hmm. Um, but manners. I'm I'm you can say you can say many things about me, and there's a lot of negative things you can say about me. but you can't ever say that I'm disrespectful, that I'm not polite. Mm-hmm. It, okay, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to make me angry or upset. I don't get upset or or, or angry very easily. And ironically, the things that get most people upset and angry angry and irate don't upset and anger me. Mm-hmm. But the things that do anger me don't upset and anger most, most other people. Do you know That's what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if you make me angry or upset, you must have done something really, really, really bad because I, I'm, I'm not short-tempered. It takes a lot for me to lose my temper. Yeah. And if you hear me being rude or feisty or out of order or disrespectful, you better know that someone did or said something that really pushed the button. So I'm very, very proud that my mother, my mother is the main reason, but my family, I was brought up with, it sounds really simple and basic, Xavier. you're pleasing your thank yous. But yeah. whenever, I remember one of my best friends, Warren, I used to stay over at his family house when we were at primary school for like weekends and stuff. Mm. And I remember his mom, Sonia, is like my second mom, always used to say, always to comment on to my mom, like how polite I was. And it's something that I actually look at other... One thing I can't stand, Xavier, I can't stand spoiled people and spoiled children. It's probably the single biggest thing that I just really... That gets me angry. When I see a spoiled child or a brat, that makes me really angry. And all my friends have got kids, they know, listen, don't bring your... Because spo- I will... Anyway, don't, don't, don't do it. He's
0: got an attention. Because, He's and, on it. <laughs> Again? I said you're going on a tangent. Like you're like no.
1: I, I am a little bit sorry, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Um, but but the reason why I say that is because none of my friends do have spoil kids all my friends who have children under the age of 10 they're all they're, they're all polite you know they have manners mm-hmm. they, they they're respectful when, when elders are in the, that's very important yeah. to me i'm very very big on manners and respect and i think this, I, I can name you tangible things that i'm proud of i can name you kind of more interesting things and if you want i can but the, the thing that i think i would say right here now that comes to mind the thing that i'm most proud of is that no one can say jordan's rude They can say Jordan's not very funny. They can say Jordan's very ugly. They can say Jordan um, doesn't have good locks. They can, well, actually, they can't say that. They can say uh, um, many, many things about me, but they can never say, never, that I'm rude.
0: See, that's passion right there, by the way. (laughs)
1: sorry it's important manners are such a small thing but very very important so i get passionate about the lack of manners yeah do you know what i mean how you speak to people how you treat people you know the words you use with people this is this is this is not difficult speak to me and i'll go i'll go even further savia some people say you have to earn my respect Mm -hmm. and i get that i get that i'm not even saying that i will i will initiate the respect if i've just met you um, i come into a room some people will be like i'll respect you after you show respect to me no i'll happily initiate the respect i'll happily be the first person to make the first move i don't need to up because that's the way i'm wired i don't even need to wait for your respect before yeah. i'm respectful to you do you know what i mean yeah. so i just feel like it's, it's it's a really big thing that um that i think is 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 very small to kind of it's, it's very it's not difficult to show respect and manners. And from when I was very 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 young, I was very, I was always taught you're pleasing your thank yous and you yeah. know you speak to people a certain way.
0: What is the best advice, Jordan, that you oh, have ever dear. received, and how did that impact your life?
1: Okay, I've actually got one. Oh. Um, there's so many that will come to mind when we're talking past this, but the thing that comes to mind it was it was a bit of advice my mum gave me when I was very young. Mm-hmm. It gives me a lot of advice, my mum, lots of good advice. But the thing that I've always, 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 always applied to myself, and it's um, something I kind of pass on other people, it's very simple, don't stress, don't stress.
0: I agree, I agree.
1: Don't stress. I've never stressed. I've never. i been in some environments, some very stressful environments. I've played wheelchair basketball in front of 10,000 people in a final in Italy and had to make a free throw shot in the last minute and 13 seconds to get us back into the game. I've DJed to crowds in Mexico and in Southampton to ten twenty thousand 20,000 people at two in the morning, prime time. I've put on club nights and events again to thousands of people. I've put on... Shows, live shows with, with this all black academic. I've done, I, I work on a national live television program. I deliver the news to millions of people. Actually, millions is a lie. But anyway, let's, let's just say millions because it makes them sound good. And millions of people all over the country um, on live TV. I've done shows on talk sports to millions of people globally. That one is true. So I've been in very stressful env- stressful environments, but I never stress. You know why? Because mm. stressing never achieves anything that's true it doesn't achieve anything in fact it only achieves it can only go worse it, it, it can only go worse and i think a lot of people and this might people not believe this but this is true people underestimate how much of a contributor to illnesses diseases conditions disabilities stresses can be you you're running around london or running around new york running around berlin wherever city or whatever part of the world you live in doing 101 things and that is me by the way Stressing about all these things, but you have no idea the buildup in anxiety, poor physical health, that, that stress is, is, um, is building up in your body. And even if you've got, say, uh, severe diabetes or really bad asthma or a particular form of cancer or whatever, whatever illness or, or disease you may have, stressing and living a stressful life will exacerbate it. You can't see stress. You can't see it, so you just think, oh no, I'll, I'll be fine. I don't stress. I, have a, I work hard. I work crazy hours during the week. Crazy hours across multiple jobs. I mentor, I have my Blackademic platform, I have Channel 4, I have ball. I do, I do a plethora of things. But one thing I would never ever do is stress. My advice is have a plan, know what you've got to do. Do your best. Yes. Plan the best you can. Yeah. Execute to the best of your ability. And what will be, will be. Now, if that thing that you're doing, you mess up. So as an example, if I have a live on Channel 4 News and I'm outside Wembley or Twickenham or a sports ground and I've got to deliver a two-minute live for a particular story, if that's a breaking news story, for example, okay, so I can actually make this a real-life example. There was a um, Diego Maradona passed away about a month ago. yes. And um, the I wasn't on roster that day. He the news was confirmed at about four thirty. Four I think it was about four fifteen in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I got a call from my boss saying, We've just heard that Maradona's passed away. Can you come in? Now bearing in mind, we're doing we're on air at seven. We're on there at seven seven o'clock, and it was it was the lead story because it was only not only breaking news, but it's Maradona, one of the biggest figures in the world. He died, so I've got essentially by the time I get into the office, it's just after five. I had a producer anyway. They were saying you've got to prepare a live and do a package, so I was like, Ooh. "Whoa, I got to prepare for a live, and that's that's a lot, but that's that's the nature of news." But I could have stressed, I could have been like, we've got an hour and a half to try and get some voices to kind of do an interview with someone, gather some picture, what's the, great, what's the best footage, does, does that, got to prepare for my lines, da, da, da. I could have stressed... But I didn't. I said to my producer, Emma, okay, I need this goal. I need a picture of that goal. I need a picture of that goal. I need him doing this, this, this. Can you find that picture? Can you, guest booker, find, let's get an interview with someone that played with him or knew him or blah, blah, blah. So you do that and I'll work on my live. It's only two minutes, but you have to prepare mm-hmm. for your live. Just calm. Just have a plan and don't look at the clock. You, you know you're on air in an hour and you're only a third away through your package and editing it. But don't stress. What will be will be. And one of my one of my phrases in television is, "No one dies." In terms of because you messed up, no matter how I've seen I've messed up on TV. I've seen other reporters mess up as well. But and when you come off, you feel awful. You feel really you, you stuttered or you got a fact wrong or you didn't say the line you were meant to say or whatever it may be, and you feel awful. But I, when I get home, I'm like, you know what, Jordan, nobody died. nobody nobody died it's It's only television the world still turns tomorrow's a new day so i say all of that to say that even in stressful environments i have a plan and you execute the best of your ability and i applied that to my basketball games i applied that to djing i applied that to my journalism plan the best you can more times than not you only mess up because you fail to plan properly if you're doing that thing, you're doing that thing because you're clearly good at it. If I'm doing a radio broadcast, or if I'm playing a basketball game, or if I'm doing a set at a nightclub, I'm doing those things because I'm good at what I do. Yeah. You messed it up, Jordan, because you didn't plan properly. You didn't plan what your second and third tune was going to be. So you were kind of differing and you played the wrong tune and the wrong mix. You messed up your basketball game because you didn't train properly. You didn't do your homework on the opposition player. You messed up You messed up your life because you didn't think about, okay, how old was he when he died where was he from when is it you didn't plan properly normally it's the planning that's the problem so anyway so my the biggest advice i, I was probably given was, was just don't stress i don't stress people around me can run around and it's crazy this man is i don't stress i'm just like you know what just do your jobs do your jobs and we'll be fine and if it's not fine we'll discuss it afterwards but as long as everyone did their best as long as, as long as everybody did their best, and this is kind of something I kind of applied to my Black Academic production. As long as you all did your best, that's cool. That's cool. Now, I'll be angry afterwards because of X, Y, Z, but I'm not going to blast you. If you didn't do your best, that's different. But did you do your best? Yeah, yeah, cool. Don't stress, man. Don't stress. We go again next time. Let's work on how we can be better mm. and go from there. So, my answer would be. Um, Never stress. Don't stress. Nothing. Nothing is worth stress. The only things, sorry, I'm rambling now. But the only thing I could think of that I would genuinely say is maybe worth stressing over mm-hmm. is your children. So if your Fair. child is sick or your child is ill or been run over or something like that, I can understand why. But even then, I don't call it stress. I call it concern. I call it worry. I call it um care. Uh Care, love. Mm-hmm. Stress, I think stress has a whole different connotation to me, a whole different meaning. I stress is like mm-hmm. anxiety and I, I I'm sweating. Just relax. Just relax. Just breathe. Walk around the block for an hour, for a minute, you know, go and get some fresh air. Go and have some water. Go and get something to eat. Whatever you need to do. And then come back and let's do this. See? Never stress.
0: I've only got two more to ask you but one of them one of the two was actually well I got three more to ask you in the time I have talk to me about your podcast about what it's about why you chose to do a podcast the people in your team because we never actually really got to speak about that we spoke about (coughs) it off before we started recording but tell me a little bit about your team why you do the podcast what influenced you to do the podcast and what it means to you
1: I did that very smart technique that I've learned recently about when there's something you want to talk about that hasn't been brought up yet. Just every now and again, mention the words. Just, mention, just throw it out every now and again. Oh, yeah, just to remind that. the internet. I'm it. I'm joking. I'm, joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, So my podcast, It's All black academic. is a, is a debate show. So the brand is Blackademic. Mm-hmm. Um, we have underneath that several shows. So we have a show called It's All Blackademic, um, which is a... So we have it's all blackademic. And we also have a, the, the audio podcast called Thinking Out Loud. I'll get to that in a second. And we have another show called Black and Winning. Okay, let me get to Black Ademic and why I set it up first of all. So I as I mentioned I work in television news and I noticed about four years ago we have a Channel for News, a lot of live discussions, we call them live discos, where yes. we'll have a discussion, there'll be, a, it'll be Brexit and we'll get a minister on and an academic on or a whatever on in the studio to have a live discussion about that subject. Yes. What, what I was noticing was that whenever we have a discussion on anything to do with politics or business or, I don't know, science, it was invariably old white men, sometimes white women, but old, normally old white men. A discussion around hip-hop music, fried chicken, sports, or knife crime, invariably it would be black guests being invited on. I was like, hmm, I don't like that. Because in my circles, I know people in medicine, in law, in business, in poly- all kinds of people. I know people with that like fried chicken as well, don't get me wrong. But I know people all over the spectrum of, of news interests. I didn't like it. I didn't like this this kind of... We've fixed up recently, to be fair, but I didn't like it. So I thought, well, you know what, Chuck? I'm going to do my own show because I've got all these fantastic people, black people in my life, personally and professionally, who are fantastic across, again, law, journalism, business, hair, food, comedy, all different industries. Yeah. And I want to have some discussions. And also I set it up not only for that, but I was fed up of the discussions being had about black people, but being hosted by the likes of Nick Ferrari and Piers Morgan. I just, I just like, what's, no, no, no. How dare you tell me the reason there's a a knife, there's there's a rise in knife crime is because black boys don't have dads in the home. What do you know about anything? How dare you? How dare you? So I was like, no, 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 no. We're not having this anymore. So that was my rationale behind setting up It's All Black Academic. And so It's All Black Academic is a a discussion show where we have, around the table, I have three guests. It's all black guests. um, And we discuss issues that are relevant to the black community. And the idea is that we have really honest, open, progressive discussions um, to try and really make people think about how they think about a certain subject so by the what what my aim is whether i achieve it or not is up to you to decide but my aim is when you come to watch one of our discussions you have this perspective on it having watched the show you might end up thinking actually you know what boy my man i got a, a point you know or yeah my sister she was kind of talking some smack i kind of and you might you might have the same view But you might have something that makes you think a bit differently about that particular issue. So we talk about everything from politics to sport, food, mental health, education, comedy, trauma, dating, everything. We we did we discuss it all, and so that was kind of that's what it's all black academic is thinking out loud. Is our kind of like sister podcast that we I do with my two producers, where it's a kind of collective learning process. So we're planning season two at the moment, and the idea is that we discuss things, again, relevant to black culture, but things that we alongside the listener learn about too so it's not us preaching to you guys about what we know we get guests to come on and talk about a particular subject or particular area mm-hmm. uh, but things that we know a little about as well so it's like a, we're, we're all learning from this guest so it's collective learning um which is my, one of my new phrases and then black and winning is a show we do where we identify a black member of the community who's just killing it and excelling it and we're saying we see you we acknowledge you, we want to celebrate you and we kind of follow that person around to speak to that person to get an insight into what it is that they do and what makes them excelling in their field. And ho- and the, the, the other rationale behind it is that we want to inspire other people, to other black boys and girls to see them and say, yo, this guy set up his own hair salon. This guy, this girl set up her own tech company. Yeah. This, this guy is a presenter on Sky Sports news whatever it may be this person is black and they're winning and winning we define as you're, you're owning your power and you're, you're you're grabbing your talent and you're maximizing it and that's kind of what those are and, and the general idea of of black academic is it's just about empowering the community and celebrating the culture and my team is fantastic so my teams brief is very my team is brilliant I've got a team of 15 people from editors to shooters to graphic designers directors, producers, i got, my team is sick um, and they all buy into what we're trying to do. They all love the culture. They all want to add to the culture. And so our job is to try and have a platform and, and, and as a, a media brand that um, the community is proud of, wants to buy into and can uplift.
0: I like that. That's definitely that's definitely something that I think people... Guys, go and check it out because when I was doing my research, I definitely checked it out because... Not just because I have to, but I wanted to. It's always nice when you go into something because you want to do the research to be able to help someone move forward. And I think that's what it's about. It's about helping each other move forward and being For sure. able to do something spectacular. So guys... Go and check it out on all the platforms. I am going to ask Jordan what all the platforms are in a second.
1: um, We've got a website. So it's blackademic.com. And then, uh, so Blackademic, we spell it a bit differently. So we spell Blackademic, B-L-A-K-A-D-E-M-I-K. So there's no Cs. So it's uh, blackademic.com is our website. Um, And our socials, we are on, we changed it recently, shame. (laughs) Blackademic.com. Uh, underscore uk is our instagram uh blackademic uk i think it's the same for our twitter we changed it literally last week and on facebook it's i think it's, it's all blackademic but go to our website and everything's on our website so it's all there go check it out
0: and is there any other platforms that you would like to share if anybody would like to get in contact with you the same way i got in contact with you
1: yeah, I have three other podcasts that are all sport and football related. Two, I, two I present, one I don't. Um, sorry, I have I, sorry, I have two now. One I present, one I don't. So I have Beats and Balls, which is oh. a football show that I don't host anymore because I just got too busy. But I want to keep it, and the idea is that it's less about tactics and formations and the kind of nitty gritty nerdy stuff that people like me in football love. It's more about the culture, so it's more about looking at sport and football through the prism of fashion yes. and music and, and, and culture generally um, so we have that on iTunes uh, and or was it, was it called now? Apple Music, Apple yes. Podcasts, what it's called now yeah. um, Beats and Balls and we also have, I have a podcast called Football Fans Podcast which is the opposite that one is more of the kind of like if you like discussion about the tactics and the kind of analytics of a game or a subject within football for your kind of more hardened football fans that also is across uh, Spotify, all the, all the podcasts Podcast outlets football fans podcast
0: see I love that Jordan let me thank you now for your humbleness and your wisdom he's got a big smile on his face I love thank this you I <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much
0: for coming on the Yes People podcast you've been such a great guest
1: thank you for having me
0: No, you're welcome, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going on the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us People Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Stay happy, stay positive and as always, please continue to be kind to one another. and peace gotta my energy peace how does it feel to be in a receiving end by the way before we start recording um
1: I, I do quite a few podcasts that I' that I'm the interviewee um I prefer I like it in a different way um, I like asking questions and, and controlling an interview but I also like being vulnerable and not knowing where I'm being taken And <laughs> asking, you know what I mean so I, 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 I like it equally but for different reasons so it's, it's, it's cool for me
0: okay well that sounds good <laughs> okay let's start and embrace them with love because love is the most amazing and beautiful strength that we have to conquer our peace of mind Make your thoughts impact a nation by keeping them true and honest, especially to yourself. But make your peace of mind protect you when you don't have strength to embrace anything else. Find your peace of mind by listening to your heart.
1: I don't think people are born inherently bad i don't believe that they're taught exactly so for me it's a case of if my theory is correct that people are not born bad well why did he do that why did she do that why did they do that there's a reason now again sometimes the reason we have to park it and be like no you killed that person or you abused that person therefore there is a linear punishment that comes with your actions that you have to face i'm I'm, I'm comfortable with that but i think that's time. There's a time to kind of maybe on a on a wider scale think, okay, let me just for a second put my feet in their shoes and think to myself, why did they do that?